Okay, guys, we're going to move on to our next group today. We've been talking about living in a, a world of pluralism, learning how to talk in our world today. And we've been looking at, we'll just kind of go back through some of the groups that we've looked at so far. We've looked at the nuns or the nothings. And I chose them first because even though they've been smaller than our group last week and, in, and smaller than the group that we're going to talk about today, they, they are a growing group. And they're going to be a significant factor in America in the next 10 years or more. You're going to see them growing, okay? We talked about uh, Catholics last week. You know, they're 28% of the American population. 42% of those in our area who go to church call themselves Catholic. How do we talk to them? We talked about that last week. Today we're going to talk about main lines. And uh, so... We're going to talk about those who go to mainline Protestant churches. That's why we call them mainlines, because they go to a mainline Protestant church. So who are they? So the first thing we're going to talk about is who are they? Okay, about 18.1% of Americans claim to be mainline Protestants. Okay? So 18.1% of Americans claim to be mainline Protestants. Among those who attend church in Clearfield County, 40% are mainline Protestants. Okay, now let's stop for a moment. Remember I told you, basically about 50% of the county doesn't go to church. The other 50% goes to church. So let's just stop for a moment. Of those 50%, okay... 40% of them, 42% of them are Catholic. The other 40% are are mainline Protestants. So they're not Bible-believing evangelicals like we would say we are. So we're not that big a significant portion of those who are going to church in the area. So 40% are mainline Protestants. Now, mainline Protestants, who are they? They include those who attend Lutheran, United Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopal, United Church of Christ, and Christian churches. You say, well, we, we're, we're, we're a Christian church? Does that mean we're, we're, we're part of the main life? No, folks. Um, the reason why our name is that is a, uh, there are a lot of reasons. We have nothing to do with the denomination. We're an independent church. Uh, and I, it's too long to go into the story of why the name it is. The way it is. So, uh, but we're not part of that. Okay. But if you're talking about mainline churches, you're going to talk about specifically these groups. So, so for instance, in Kerwinsville and Clearfield, do we have Lutheran churches? Yeah, we sure do. We got St. John's in Clearfield. We got uh, um, Grace right across the street. Uh, United Methodist. We have uh, one right here. I think there's three or four in Clearfield, okay? Presbyterian, of course we have a Presbyterian church, and there's, the, you know, First Pres in Clearfield. Episcopal, we have that in Clearfield. Uh, the United Church of Christ, we don't have that in our area, but that is a mainline church. And we don't have, uh, per se, Christian churches in this area. Yes? Uh, that's an evangelical group, okay? Okay. Uh, they're not a mainline church, okay? So that would be an evangelical group, 
All right? Okay. And we can talk about them in a moment, okay? So primarily in our area, we have Lutherans, Methodists, Episcopal, and Presbyterian, okay? So if somebody tells you, well, I go to the Lutheran church when you're talking to them, or I go to the Episcopal church, or I go to the Methodist church, or I go to the Presbyterian church, there are other evangelical groups with, that would identify themselves as those titles, but probably, chances are, 90% of the time, when somebody identifies themselves as going to any one of those churches, they're going to be a mainliner. Okay? They're going to be going to a mainline denomination. All right? So, the denominations as a whole... So we're talking about the denominations, not the churches. We're talking about the denominations. Everybody understand? The denominations as a whole are socially liberal. Okay? And this is why they've been declining for the last, since the 30s. All right? They're socially liberal. However, individual districts within the denomination or churches may be conservative. Okay? So it's possible that while the denomination is liberal, okay, so like maybe they're talking about ordaining homosexuals or same-sex marriage or they support abortion or or other different things, um, it's possible that the individual church or the district that the church is in might be very conservative. In fact, it's interesting, some of the main lines in this area have, I'm not going to name which ones they are, but some of the churches belong to conservative districts. Okay? Conservative districts. So, here's the other thing with mainliners. Pastors tend to be more liberal and progressive And when I use the word progressive, I'm not talking about contemporary, like a contemporary service like what we have. What I mean by that is, is that they tend to be open to new ideas and new theology. They're progressive in their theology. They're not traditional. However, again, there's some exceptions. You, you wonder, how is this possible? But this is possible. I've met them. I have friends. There are a few pastors who are traditional and conservative within the mainline churches. So it's very possible that your mainline friends... See, what we used to do, in, like in our circle of churches, is to say that anybody who went to a mainline church was going to a dead church, a liberal church, where they're being taught liberal theology, and you know they're, they're, they're not going to grow there. We would just make blanket statements like that. Okay? How many know what I'm talking about? All right? You can't make that kind of statement because every church is different. Just like when you talk about we're talking with people, everybody's at a different level. You just can't you can't generalize it. Okay? So it's very possible that even though, you know, they may move their pastor very frequently, they may have had a liberal pastor one time, but the next pastor might be conservative. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So Here's the thing. Membership in these churches, just so you realize this, tend to be more conservative than denominational leadership. That's just true right across the board. 
Well, you say, well, if that's true, how is it possible then if the membership is conservative, how in the world could the, the, the denominational leadership be liberal? It all has to do with, folks, let me just go ahead and tell you right now, it all has to do with church polity. What do you mean? How they govern their churches. With mainline churches, they're not congregational systems. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not congregational systems. The authority of the church rests within either a presbytery or a bishop or some sort of structure, a synod, some sort of structure. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that may go off the deep end while the membership remains conservative. Do you understand what I'm saying? So again, don't just assume that because somebody's going to a mainline church that they don't believe in the Bible, that they don't believe in Jesus, they're liberal, they're embracing everything the denomination is doing. The reality is is that most of those who, the membership tends to be more conservative than the denominational leadership. Now again, as we go on, if you've got a question, just be sure to raise your hand, because we want to have interaction while we're going. So anybody got a question up to this point? Anybody got a question? Okay, here's let's go on. Uh, here's the other thing about membership. Now, here's, here's the difficulty. Membership is graying and declining. First of all, the membership in these churches is graying. What does that mean? Anybody know what that means? Yeah, they're getting older. Okay? Uh, they're having a hard time attracting younger people. In fact, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. What's the growing group in America right now? The nuns, which I told you the the statistics among the nuns are, is that one quarter of the, one out of every four 19 to 29-year-old identifies himself as nothing in particular. Okay? So they're leaving the church. So they're, they're declining. They're declining. They have been for a while. They're continuing to decline. Some of it has to do with the membership is just fed up with the denominational policies and the leanings. And there are other reasons. So they're declining in membership. So let me just go ahead and tell you right now. How many of you realize there are ten churches in Kerwinsville? Did you know that? There are ten churches in Kerwinsville. I think there's more churches than bars in Kerwinsville. Okay? I think at one time they were about equal. All right? So there are more churches in Kerwinsville. How many of you realize that our population decreased 10%? From 19, well, from about 2000 to 2010. Did you realize our population decreased 10% in the county? It decreased when I first came here. It was 2,600. It's now 2,400 in Kerwinsville. It decreased 10% in Clearfield. All right, so the population is declining. I think I just heard something recently. I got to check the stats on it that the death rate is more than the birth rate in our area. How many of you heard that one? Okay. That's interesting too, right? All right. So we're having a declining population. I have told other pastors in our community, some of them agree with me, that in the next 10 years you're going to see some of our churches closing. Why? Anybody got any clue why? Now they're graying. If they're not changing some things, now we're not talking about changing theology. We're not talking about changing the message. But if we're not going to change some things, we're going to decline. We're going to die. Okay? That's, that's reality. So here's what's going on. So their membership is graying and declining. 
And, 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 I've, and if the church closes, if all of a sudden you hear that some mainline church closed, don't be like, wow. Think, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, saw that one coming. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, here's the thing. Mainline tr- denominations stress social action over evangelism. So their big emphasis is, so like you might have a mainline church, and what you see is, is that they spend a lot of time talking about fighting cancer. Okay? Or they spend a lot of time talking about feeding programs. Or they spend a lot of time talking about dealing with the homeless. Do you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So they spend a lot of time focused there rather than evangelism, which is telling other people about who? Jesus. Okay? So mainline denominations stress social action over evangelism. Here's the other thing now. This is the big problem. This is why they're declining. This is why they're, they're, they're going liberal in their denominational structures. Biblical authority is not emphasized or is outright rejected. Biblical authority is not emphasized or it's outright rejected. And, and so think about it. So, so some of you might be saying, well, what do you mean they're talking about doing same-sex marriage or they're talking about ordaining? Well, doesn't the Bible say something about that? Yeah, it does. But if you reject the Bible, do you understand what I'm saying? Or you don't emphasize or you underemphasize it or you only emphasize parts of it that you like, what does that mean then? It's okay. Okay? It's okay. So, so let's talk about, but we do have a common history, so I want to mention that to you. So, let me just go ahead and start here, because you're thinking, boy, they're way out there. Because some of you might be thinking, boy, it'd be easier to talk to a Catholic than it would be to a mainliner. At least they believe in Jesus, you know. Well, yeah, that's true, actually. Quite true. So here's the common history. First of all, what I need to tell you about our common history is this. Denominations, some of you make statements like this. I cringe when you make the statements. I don't correct you. I'm correcting you now. Okay? Denominations are not different religions. Okay? When we talk about Methodists, we're not talking about Hindus. When we talk about Presbyterians, we're not talking about Muslims. Okay? We're not talking about different religions. Some of you, oh, you know, I'll say to you, well, where do you go to church? Well, I go to church over here, and, and then I say, well, have you ever been to this? Oh, I don't, I don't go to other religions. Huh? I mean, that just expresses ignorance, okay? So, so just realize that, okay? So what are we talking about here? Denominations are different theological traditions within Protestantism. The reason, because I'll hear people all the time who'll say like this, why can't Christians just get all together and we'll have just one big love fest and, and why are these different denominations? Denominationalism is what's killing Christianity in America. No, that's not what's killing Christianity in America. That can be another lesson of what's killing Christianity, okay? Denominationalism is a reflection of different Theological traditions. So let me try to help you understand. 
In fact, let me go back. We'll go through each one of these groups. We'll talk about the ones in our area. Lutherans. Anybody know where the Lutherans came from? Martin Luther, but what country? Germany, okay? Lutheranism start, originated in Germany, then spread to the Scandinavian countries like Norway, Sweden, okay, Finland. All right, so when you talk about Lutherans, that is a different theological tradition, okay, than, okay, let's talk about Methodists. Anybody have any clue where the Methodists started? England, out of the Church of England, which is what we call the Episcopal Church, the primary leaders of that movement when it started were two men by the name of John and Charles Wesley. Now, you might know John Wesley. You know, maybe don't know that he did this, but he's in our hymnal a lot. Okay, he's written a lot of songs. Charles Wesley was primarily the leader. Charles Wesley in- emphasized a lot the sancti- sanctification of the soul. He didn't necessarily emphasize eternal security, okay? So that was not talked about at all. So Methodists do not talk about eternal security. They don't believe in eternal security, okay? So groups like the Wesleyans, the Nazarenes, uh, Wesleyan Methodists, uh, other, you know, the Free Methodists or whatever, those are all coming out of the, primarily out of the Methodist. But why did they come out of it? Well, they have similar beliefs as the Methodist. However, they have, again, different theological traditions. Okay? Different theological traditions. Episcopal, I already told you that's the Church of England. Remember, that started because Henry VIII wanted a divorce. The Pope wouldn't give it to him, so he started his own church. Okay? So that's where that started. All right? Uh, and then we have the Presbyterian. Now, who are they? Presbyterian, where did that come from? England, primarily Scotland. Started with a guy by the name of, it was a Reformation, reformer by the name of John Knox, who lived during the time of uh, Queen Elizabeth, which is right after Henry VIII, and who also lived, you know, Mary Queen of Scots. Do you remember that from history, you know? And, and so forth. John Knox was a primarily reformer. It's basically the reformed church that came out of Scotland. Okay, those are the Presbyterians. Alright? So you're talking about, now Presbyterians believe in eternal security. They're, they're primarily Calvinists, so they believe very strongly in predestination. How many of you have heard that term before? Election and so forth. Okay? That's primarily where that is. Wesleyans, or Methodists tend to be Arminian in their doctrine, so they don't believe in the election thing like a Presbyterian would. So when we talk about denominations, we're not talking about different religions. We're talking about different traditions within Protestantism. Okay? Now the problem is, okay, fast forward now a couple hundred years, you de-emphasize the Bible... You start focusing on other issues like social issues and so forth. You lose kind of a, an understanding of where you are and why you should be there. And you start getting off into things like, okay, the Presbyterians, I think about, oh, it's probably been about eight years ago, had a movement, probably is still there, where they were into Sophia worship. 
What? Sophia, which is the Greek word for wisdom. And they were worshiping God as a woman. Okay? And so in the Presbyterian church, they had these Sophia worship services. Okay? Kind of weird. Okay? All right? Kind of, kind of unusual. In fact, theologically kind of maybe hearkening back to the old Gnosticism heresy from the church back about 300 A.D. Okay? So this is what I'm trying to say to you. It's, you get away from the Bible, what happens? You go off the deep end. Okay? So, okay, now how do we talk to somebody who goes to these churches? So that's what we're going to focus the rest of our time on. How do we talk to somebody? So first thing I want to point out to you is this. Number one, treat people with respect. I've been talking about this every week, so I finally decided I better put it down on a slide. Listen. Even though you know Jesus, even though you know the Bible is true, okay, even though you know all of that, drop the arrogance. Drop the arrogance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because sometimes we can get to the place where, where you know you're right, and you're like, I'm right. You know? You're wrong. Drop it. Because we're talking about the ultimate goal is to what? Lead people to Jesus, right? Is that not the ultimate goal? How many of you win arguments by being arrogant? Does that work at home? Does it? Honey, I'm right. Doesn't work anywhere. Sure doesn't work at home. Sleep on the couch at home when that thing happens. Okay? Right? Am I true? Okay. So you've got to treat people with respect. If you're going to enter into a conversation with them, remember, we've used this illustration. Talk about, like, from that door is not having any understanding, all the way up to that stool is having an understanding of who Jesus is. Okay? People are at different levels. You've got to bring them there. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the only way you're going to bring them there, it's a progress, is to get to know who they are and get to know where they're at and what they're thinking. So you've got to treat people with respect, period. Treat people with respect. Here's the next thing. Recognize that there are believers in mainline churches. Even in liberal, socially liberal churches where they may not where the denomination may not believe even the Bible anymore, there are believers there. There are believers who are pastors. There are believers who attend those churches. You've got to get a grip on that. You are not the only one. How many of you heard the old story? I can say this because I was a Baptist. And, you know, go to heaven and, and uh, St. Peter's there meeting you at the gate. And... Uh, you know, he says, you have access to anywhere in heaven you want to go except this one building over here. Do not go in that building. Anywhere else you want to go, you can go. So there you are, you're up there, you're enjoying heaven, and one day you just kind of get curious, like, what's in that building? I mean, I thought we could enjoy everywhere in heaven. So you go over to the building and you open the door and you peek in and you see a bunch of people. And at that time, St. Peter comes over and says, Hey, I thought I told you not to open that door. He's, but it's okay. Just don't go in there again. And you say, Well, who, who are those people? And then maybe you've heard it this way. Well, those are the Baptists. They're the only ones that think they're up here. Or maybe you've heard, They're the Alliance. They think they're the only ones up here. Do you know what I'm saying? So, the, the, you know, the reality is, 
you're going to be shocked when you go to heaven. When you see who's there. And there are believers in the mainline church. Now, you're going to be shocked when you realize who's not there, too. Okay? It goes works both ways with shock thing. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Again, like when we talked about, when we talked about talking with somebody who's in a Catholic church or Orthodox, stay away from the issue of which church is right. We're not here to talk about the Methodist position on whatever. We're not here to talk about the Presbyterians ordaining this guy. We're not talk. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not here to talk about that with people. Now they may vent to you, okay? And if they're not happy with going on in their denomination, they probably will vent to you. How many of you have had some people vent to you? Okay. All right. Fine. Listen to them. Don't bash. Okay. What do you mean? Well, sort of like a relationship. How many of you have ever had this problem? You're at work, the guy comes in, he tells well, my wife, she burned the eggs again today, you know, and I can't believe, and, and she wants me to do my own laundry. What's the matter with that? You know, and, and it's like he's upset, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, man, if you need a dumper. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you're, I mean, how many know what I'm talking about? The next day he comes in and says, my wife is the greatest lady ever. The next day, you won't believe what my wife did. And here you are, you just told him to dump her the next the day before, right? What do you think he's going to think about you? He thinks his wife is great now. She walks on water. He's going to look at you like, man, you wanted me to dump her. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. Do you know what I'm saying? They might be upset one day at the denomination, but then they're happy with what their church did because their church may be as conservative the next. So you've got to be careful. Don't, don't get drawn into a discussion about what's wrong with their church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't, get, don't, get, don't talk about what's wrong with their church and, and talk about well, how great my church is. Well, you know, we've got problems too, okay? Here's the other thing. Talk about being a follower of Jesus Christ. That's the issue. Talk to them about being a follower of Jesus. What Jesus means to you. Did you understand what I'm saying? Talk to them about that. Anybody any questions so far? Comments? Bricks you want to throw? Okay. All right, here, here we go. Here's the other thing. Recognize that social action is not evil. We've got to recognize that. For years, in, our, in, in, in evangelical churches, Bible-believing churches, we used to bash that. We said, that's what liberals do. Liberals, they focus on, on those issues, and, and we, we don't want to have anything to do with it. We just want to lead people to Jesus, you know? But hey, I read James, and James says, if you see somebody who's destitute and naked, and you go up to him and say, bless you, but you don't give them something to eat and clothe them, that's nothing. So social action is not evil. In fact, we maybe need to engage in a little bit more social action based in the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Based in the Bible. So just recognize that. So stay away from that issue and say, well, all you guys do is worry about people who got cancer. Do you know how dumb you sound when you say that? Because... 
How many of you have a loved one or have had cancer? All of us here, right? Do you know what I'm saying? So if their church is doing something for cancer research, okay, wonderful. Do you know what I'm saying? Be careful. All right? Here's the other one. I'm going to tell you this one always, okay? Stay away from politics. The churches tend to be socially liberal, so I'm going to guarantee you Jerry Falwell's not on their favorite list. Do you understand what I'm saying? With their pastor, at least. Okay? So just stay away from it. First of all, every time I get into a discussion, because even among, let's say you're a Republican, even if you talk to another Republican, or if you're a Democrat, you talk to another Democrat, or if you're nothing and you talk to another nothing, okay? You're not going to agree. How many of you agree with somebody who's in the same party? We don't agree. And it always leads to what? Emotion. One particular emotion. Anger. Do you understand what I'm saying? So just stay away from that, because our purpose is not to get them to vote the right way. I'll give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. How many know who Jane Fonda is? You might be here and you got some negative feelings towards James Fonda. And your negative feelings may have something to do with her pictures that she took in Vietnam with the North, Viet- North Vietnamese during Vietnam War. How many remember that? Okay, you got some strong, you're patriotic. I ain't got no time for that woman. Can't believe she would do that. How many of you would be shocked to know that Jane Fonda got saved at a Presbyterian Bible study? Probably about 12 years ago. You might see Jane Fonda in heaven. Now, the last thing I heard, she's still pretty liberal. Do you understand? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, you've got to leave politics out of it. Did you understand what I'm saying? Now, I've, I've told that before, and I've had people come up and say, Well, how do you know she's saved? How do I know you are? Do you know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. Stay away from politics. Here's the thing, and and this is what I told you earlier when we talked about Catholics and so forth. Okay? Most mainlines don't understand what the denomination is doing. Okay, you're listening to news. You're reading a paper, and they talk about that they had a big um, denominational meeting, and in the denominational meeting they voted to include language that said this, that, or another, and you're pretty upset with it, and you go to work, and you talk to your mainline friend who's from that denomination, and you say to him, well, I can't believe your church decided to do this. And they're going to look at you and say, huh? I didn't know we had a meeting and talked about that at church. Because he's thinking, when he's thinking about his church, he's thinking about his church that he goes to. He's not thinking about a general assembly meeting somewhere down in Florida. Do you understand what I'm saying? He has no clue or she has no clue what's going on within their denominational structure. 
So if you go and talk to them about that, they're going to be looking at you like, huh? I need to talk to my pastor about that. I don't know anything about that. Did you see what I'm saying? So just recognize most of them don't have any clue. The reason why they're going there is the reason why a lot of people go to churches in our area. Well, that's where my family went. And, you know, I went to the children's program there. So when I just got older, I thought, well, I better take my kids there too. Did you know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with theological convictions. Okay? If you, if you question what I just said, figure out how many big family units we have in this church. Like, if you come to a service here, look around the room and say, okay, well, yeah, they're related to that. There's, okay, there's that clan over there, and there's that clan over there, and there's that clan. And, boy, that's a really big clan. They're related to everybody. You know what I'm talking about now, right? Okay. I think we understand. All right, here's the other thing. Most mainlines don't understand every detail of their theology. They may not understand every detail of their theology. So don't, if you're talking to a Lutheran, don't sit there and say, well, you know, I was reading John, I was reading about Martin Luther, and boy, that was a pretty profound statement he made about, they're like, huh? What are you talking about? They may know that Martin Luther is the founder of Lutheranism, but they may not know the details of his theology. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Or they may not know the details of what the theology is of their denomination at that point. Do you understand? So, so just kind of be aware of that, okay? Just kind of stay out of that. Here's the thing. Focus on what the Bible says. Because they do accept the Bible. All right? They do accept the Bible. So, but here's the thing, don't get into an argument about whether or not their Bible is the right Bible or not. Because maybe their chances are they're using an RSV, which is a Revised Standard Version. And you once heard that it's a pretty liberal version because they, they translated in the Old Testament Isaiah 7 or 9, where it talked about the virgin shall conceive, and they translated it as woman, so that's a heretical Bible now. Okay. Quit spouting off what some preacher told you. Just being honest with you. What you want them to do is read their Bible and come to understand who? Jesus. That's the issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's about Jesus. So you're not going to send them to Isaiah 7 if you don't agree with that verse and how it's translated there. Okay? You're going to focus on the Gospels because even in their Bible it says, And the virgin shall conceive. Okay? And the reason why is, is because in the Greek it is virgin. In the Old Testament Hebrew, it's young woman, which can also be translated virgin. So they chose the word woman rather than virgin. Okay? So here's what I'm saying. Focus on what the Bible says. And the issue is about them coming to know who? Jesus. Okay, let's, the coffee's in the back, guys. Let's get ready for the morning service.